debt. Some of us have a lot of it. Some of us are managing to get by with just a little. If you're doing well, you're debt-free. And when it comes to security debt, defined as aging and accumulating flaws in software, the numbers that businesses are accumulating vary widely from industry to industry. According to the latest State of Software Security report from Vericode, the retail industry has the lowest average number of unaddressed security flaws. Government and education have the largest so-called iceberg of security debt lurking below the surface. Financial services firms have the best fixed rate among all industries. Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild, Content Director with IDG, and in this episode of A Hard Look at Software Security, we'll discuss security debt across industries and what's influencing their flaw-fix rates. I'm joined by Tim Jarrett, Senior Director of Product Management with Vericode. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Joan. Good to be back. So these findings show that despite what some might perceive as similar security challenges across industries, the realities of software security are very different across sectors. True? Yeah, I I think it is true. And I I think it reflects how complicated a problem software security is, because on the one hand, you have the fact that every piece of software has bugs in it, and some of those bugs are, are security problems. But it also reflects the fact that different sectors have different investment in different types of software. Some of them may have different sets of software suppliers. Some of them may have really different pressures from regulators and and others uh, with respect to the security of the software. And and some of them, honestly, end up having a, a very different kind of threat space that they're operating in where the the uh, prize, if you will, for hacking into a, a, an application in one industry may be you know, kind of dramatically different or or, uh, or more valuable than the, the prize for hacking an, uh, a company in another industry. So I, I think there's a lot of really interesting factors that go into this data and that reflect in this, this kind of dramatic picture of, of different icebergs and different scales of uh, of security debt across uh, across organizations. Could you give us some detail on how the vertical specific data is collected and why you do that annually? Yes, absolutely. So the data we're talking about here is part of Vericode's State of Software Security Report, and and we collect this data as we said in the the first episode of this podcast by looking at actual application security test data from our customers, and we retain an anonymized version of that data that signs a unique but anonymous identifier to each customer, but it does carry with it the the industry sector that the the customer belongs with, so that we can do these reports. And you know, so we're we're able to see that you know an organization in the uh, financial services industry is is scanning at a different rate than an organization in the healthcare industry, and that you know. Companies in the retail sector have more applications in one programming language than another and, and uh, kind of data like that. And, and the reason that we collect this data is, you know, on the one hand, we're interested in overall how software is insecure and what are the things that can be done to make it more secure. But we're also interested in helping our customers who are you know in their own particular industry sector trying to make decisions about how to secure their software we're trying to give them a benchmark. We're trying to help them to understand, you know, how's the average organization in their industry doing? What sorts of things are they doing to uh, to address their uh, 
their security issues and uh, and frankly, you know, are they doing better or worse as an organization than the other people in their sector? Let's dig into the details, starting with retail. Lowest average number of unaddressed flaws in retail. Good for them? I think very good for them. It's it's always hard to compare um, apples and apples when you're looking across industry sectors because the the applications are, are totally different and, again, serve totally different business purposes. But the fact that retail on average has so much less security debt is is really promising. And generally speaking, they seem to do a better job over time than some other industries in, in burning down that security debt as well, which is which is a really nice finding. Uh, of course, retail has been you know beaten up and attacked over the years at a very high rate because of the intrinsic value of credit card data or you know account data that's associated with uh, with being able to to take advantage of of, uh, of an individual's information at a, a, a retailer site. So uh, the, this is an industry that, you know, thanks to regulations like PCI and, and other things have had a, a long time to think about and action the, the problem of, of software security. And I think that is borne out in the detail a little bit. A reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Veracode, which delivers the application security solutions and services today's software-driven world requires. Tim, let's look at government and education now. Veracode found an iceberg of debt, as it was called, below the surface there. What does that mean? Yeah, so generally when we're talking about the security debt iceberg, the name comes from a visualization that we used, which uh, is a a bar graph that really has two uh, axes stacked above each other. On the top, you've got the fix rate, so how many findings are being fixed in each passing Increment of time, and and I think in the in the chart we were using something like weeks for uh, to represent the, the the time scales, and then below the surface you have what's still open. So um, what these charts show you when you look at them is that there's this small amount of fixed activity going on, you know, kind of above the 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 line, if you will, and then a large amount of open debt below the line. And the reason that the shape of the government chart was so interesting was that it has some some features that some of the other industry charts that we looked at didn't have. There's a sudden cliff right around three and a half months uh, where there's a huge spike in average fix rate. Uh, it jumps up to about 100 flaws that, that all get fixed at once, and a corresponding uh, chunk gets taken out of the security debt. And that that's a really interesting pattern to see because it suggests that somewhere in the industry sector there's uh, a norm, if you will, or possibly a, a few large participants. But with the data size that we have, it's it's more than one organization doing it that have some sort of quarterly or roughly quarterly fixed schedule in which they end up retiring a lot of debt. And, and you know. The, the the way that we look at the data, we know that if we see a smooth line, there's a lot of testing that's happening all the time. But if we see sudden chunks and discontinuities happen, that means that all of a sudden there was a test where there hadn't been one for a while. And so the the couple of things that we see with, with government are, are, number one, you know, there, there is this interesting pattern of suddenly a bunch of fixes happen, which tend to suggest that the rest of the time, Maybe the there's not as much debt being retired, or maybe it's not as being prioritized the same way 
that they're saving up their fixes and doing them all at once. It also suggests that it's possible that they may not be testing frequently. It's unlikely that development teams would do a bunch of security fixes, like literally 100 security fixes in one two-week period. It's much more likely that they were making those fixes over a period of several months. And then after that several month period, they went back and and they tested again. And and lo and behold, they they were able to to fix some of those issues. So when when we talked about the problem of security debt in the first episode of this podcast, one of the things we said was that the organizations that scan more frequently are able to retire debt more effectively. And I, I think what we're seeing in, in the government and educational sector is, on average, folks are scanning a little less frequently. That means that they may not be fixing regularly and that, as a consequence, security debt builds up. Now, this is a, a big, broad brushstroke, and, and there are other factors that probably contribute to this, like you know, how long has the uh, application software that is being tested here been around? Uh, if it's older, it's likely to have more security issues that have been introduced over time. But the the patterns that we're seeing in how the debt is reduced really point to less frequent testing being one of the major factors that's going on here. And in finance, you found the best fixed rate. What did you find as factors behind that? Well, I can talk about some of the things that we know to be true in the industry that aren't necessarily in the data. Financial services, you know, banking, insurance, uh, and, and pure financial services uh, organizations have some of the highest regulatory burden around application security of any industry that exists, frankly. There's a regulation in Singapore that banks doing business in Singapore have to address security issues or they end up going to jail. And, and that that tends to concentrate the mind and, and you know, cause uh, application security and other security issues to be a priority. And that sort of regulation exists even down at the uh, the state level as well with New York having published a, a set of cybersecurity regulations. So there's a lot encouraging financial organizations to fix and to, to fix more frequently. They do have a fairly high adoption rate for, uh, for testing as well uh, with application development teams in the financial services sector testing more frequently, and, and that's undoubtedly a contributing factor as well. Now, obviously, listeners can't necessarily control their vertical, but they can be aware of the environment they're working in. What should a security practitioner be mindful of when it comes to software flaws in their particular vertical? I think that's a really good point to underscore. There's a lot that is out of the control of a security practitioner when it comes to software security, uh, and the a lot of it does pertain to the, the industry environment that they're in. They can't choose their attackers. Um, many of those will come to different industries based on how attractive those industries are and, and what they have to uh, to offer the attacker, be it credit card numbers or access to uh, sensitive data in the technology sector or high propensity to pay ransoms uh, for organizations where life and death is on the line, like healthcare. They also can't control the applications that are in those industries and that they're in the organizations that they're working in. Some of them are older than others. Some of them have had less maintenance than others. What they can control is how they work with the application development teams to go after the issues that they are looking to fix and the lessons that the uh, report points to are around making sure that 
teams are testing frequently, that that's wired into their software development processes, preferably through automation, so it's not one more thing that the team has to do, that the team has the education to understand what the types of security issues are that are there and how they can be fixed, and and really just to stay aware of where they are relative to their environment. You know, in absolute terms, a uh, a cross-site scripting vulnerability is is just as likely to be exploited in one application as another. But knowing that you're in an industry that attracts a lot of attacks of a particular kind may suggest that you want to prioritize fixing some of those categories of issues more aggressively than in other types of industries where those attacks are less prevalent. So I, I think you know that that combination of you know, frequent testing, education, and general awareness of where you are relative to the benchmark are all good practices that anybody in in any industry can take to addressing the uh, software security problem. Great. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Tim Jarrett for joining us. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, John. You can check out Vericode.com for more information about flaw fix rates and how your organization can address them. For IDG and Vericode, I'm Joan Goodchild. reminder that you can find more episodes of A Hard Look at Software Security in the podcast section of CSO Online, also available through the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with its sponsor, Vericode.